everybody. This is Roy Bielitz from Apotheca Marketing, and you're listening to Real Marketing, the podcast about actual marketing tips and tactics and tricks without all the fluff. Today, we are happy to have Mike Rahel join us. Mike is the owner of Refined Element, a Kentico experience consulting firm based out of Oakland, Florida. Mike, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people aren't going to know what Kentico is, but we're going to jump into that. But first, how do you get involved in being a Kentico expert? Like what led you to a content management system like Kentico? Uh, it was pure luck, I think. Um, so I kind of already had a background in uh, web development just from a previous role that I held. And uh, so I actually had a recruiter reach out to me uh, about a role. And uh, I was living back in Ohio at the, that point in time. And there was a company that was looking to bring someone on that was, uh, they were looking to kind of mentor someone who was new. Sure. Um, so it really kind of just uh, sprung out of that. Uh, Kentico just happened to be the, the system that they used. Uh, so it was just by chance that I started using Kentico. Sure. Give us a little bit of, you know, kind of background about Kentico. We have made it very clear in some of our past uh, podcasts and and videos and stuff that uh, we're not a huge proponent of uh, WordPress and the we're always looking for other content management systems and platforms to use with our clients. Um, Give us a little background about Kentico and, you know, why somebody might be interested in it and what types of clients you're usually working with. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Kitsuko pretty much, uh, prides themselves in being enterprise level. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they look for bigger clients. Um, usually the, the projects are like million dollar projects or above essentially. Um, but they are, uh, originally from Eastern Europe, uh, and have kind of slowly made their way over here to the U S and have become pretty popular over here in the United States. Uh, they, they're .NET based. So instead of, uh, WordPress, which is like open source, uh, they are Microsoft based, uh, you know, .NET. And, uh, so there is obviously a little bit more of a cost associated with using Microsoft platform, um, right. get into using Azure and, um, some of the other tools that they have available. But, um, along with that comes a lot more support, uh, and kind of a nicer ecosystem just in general, whereas, with WordPress, you see a lot of kind of piecemeal, um, you know, people creating plugins and, and all that. With Kentico, this offer is created by Kentico. Um, and, you know, you can integrate with third-party systems, but for the most part, they have all of the features and functionality built into the system that you would need uh, right out of box. You don't really necessarily have to uh, to look at third-party plugins for most of the functionality that you would want to do. Right. And that's one of the big uh, complaints that we've had with WordPress and even some other content management systems out there like Joomla and stuff like that historically is that they it is open source. It's cheaper. and, and But you do have to pretty much buy a plugin to do anything. Um, I mean, in WordPress, you have to have a plugin to copy and paste a page, for instance. Right. Uh, you know, and, and just the those aren't necessarily developed by um, reliable developers or companies they're not necessarily updated and they're a huge source of uh opportunities to be hacked um yeah so yeah i mean um it's a logistical nightmare sometimes when it when it comes to you know having multiple plugins and and you're dealing with different developers and some of them have been updated recently some of them it's been you know 
weeks, months, years since they have any had any kind of updates done to them. Uh, so it's nice in this regard with with Kentico because they um, do software refreshes actually fairly frequently, and so you'll get you know hot fix versions of the software um, that they release that fixes all kinds of bugs and stuff. Uh, usually on a monthly basis, if not more frequently, just based on what's needed. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it just adds to the overall support of the system. Um, it makes it a lot easier to maintain it uh, in the long run. Sure. And and there is a, even a commerce component to Kentico, right? If you wanted to do commerce, you can do that through that system. Yeah. Um, they have a whole e-commerce package that's part of it. It's not, I mean, it, it's included in the, the software. And so um, it, it can be used to build out an entire uh, store uh, functionality. They also have, at one point in time, they had partnered with a third-party e-commerce to to offer kind of a more robust option for, um, you know, for true enterprise-level shopping. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's even still an offering that they have anymore. Um, but the e-commerce functionality is still there, and so it's it's definitely still something you can use. Yeah, and that's a competitive space. I mean, you're playing with pretty big players when you get yeah. into the e-commerce thing. So, so. You were talking about, you know, it's an enterprise platform. What does that mean? So for people that aren't necessarily familiar with that, so, you know, from a, a process management and people content management stuff, what what kind of functionality should they expect from something like this if they're only used to like a, a WordPress or something? Well, so I think a big part of it is um, just the fact that with using all of the Microsoft technology, you know, with hosting it in Azure, with all of that, you have the opportunity to um it doesn't have to be a you know a small site it can handle very large loads of customers um you know functionality wise um it's it's able to handle whatever you throw at it pretty much um and it's also super flexible so you know i mentioned that it has a lot of function out of box that that just comes with it but then on top of that um if you get a developer to to look at it you can really do whatever you need to do and build out whatever you need to build as far as um adding additional functionality to it Right. So give me a sense of, you, you know, you said this, these are typically pretty large projects to implement. Give me a sense of the timing and what's involved and what a company could expect if they say they engage you for an implementation, you know, what, what does that project look like? Yeah. So, um, uh, to be completely honest, usually I end up, um, jumping into projects where a client has already stumbled upon Kentico. They've already decided that, you know, that they want to use Kentico. And they're, yep. they're looking for someone who's an expert. And so a lot of times, um, you know, they bring me on board just to kind of be an advisor. Uh, most of the implementations, because of how large scale that they can be, um, you know, there's a good possibility that they're looking at uh, hiring an agency that is able to go through and actually do the implementation. And so a lot of times I end up just working directly with the client at, on an advisory basis, just kind of making sure that um, what they are getting built by the, the agency is what they actually are able to use and that they know how to use it. And, um, you know, if there's additional thought that needs to go into how they are protecting something, I can help them with all of that kind of stuff too. Sure. Do, what, from your experience, so what time, what, what kind of time frame are they looking at usually from their implementation projects? So, I, I mean, usually it's a, at least a, a six month to a year long project. Um, sure. It really kind of depends on the nature of the project, uh, whether it's something where, they're taking an existing site and they're just trying to bring it over to Kentico or if it, it you know, might already be something that um, if they're already using Kentico, they're just looking to do a refresh. Obviously there's implications with all of that as far as how, how the time works. But um, yeah, I mean, generally 
from from the very beginning phases, you're probably talking about a year um, and you're getting into planning and kind of working with Kentico and uh, explaining to them what your needs are, making sure that uh, it's going to work as a platform. And then from there, planning out the actual project before we before you begin. And then from the implementation standpoint, like I said, it's usually um, you know six months to a year, depending on on what you're trying to do there even potentially. Right, right. And and you mentioned it too. This that this is a .NET and Windows environment tool, and I know um, that is kind of a niche in itself. That seems to be one of those uh, niches. I coming from Ohio, for whatever reason, Cleveland and Ohio seems to have a lot of .NET projects and companies that uh, that it uses. Um, do you see anybody that's that's on other platforms also using this, or is it generally because the IT team and the dev teams are super familiar with .NET that this kind of ties into their other systems? Um, I, I feel like it's kind of kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I feel like a lot of clients end up using Kentico for uh, a certain portion of their business, but then they may end up kind of bolting on other systems. So I've seen a lot of implementations where um, Kentico is what they use for the the front end facing website for the customer, and then they'll have like an ERP bolted onto it where they can handle um, if they do any kind of e-commerce stuff and, and um, you know, getting customer information, product information, whatever from a third party system into Kentico. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It is a, a very kind of niche product as far as um, if someone's already in the Microsoft ecosphere, then it's kind of a, a logical jump to, to look at what your options are. Um, and a lot of times it's, it, it becomes a, uh, an option between Kentico and Sitecore. And so at that point, it's just a matter of right. cost wise and um, your dev team and all of that, as far as, you know, what makes the most sense. Right. Um, what um, have you seen? I know if there's a lot of CMSs, what they, you know, one of the things they pride themselves on is their integrations with other tools. Um, what about with Kentico or do you have easy integrations with, CRMs and with ERPs or APIs and, you know, is it easy to do or is that something that you kind of have to develop on the fly? So, um, I feel like it's, uh, again, kind of a mixed bag. I mean, they, they do have an integration out of box with Salesforce. Um, mm -hmm. so that, and then there are definitely some third party systems that they have had integrations done with, uh, you know, done before with, um, even with some of the other Kentico partners. That, um, that have done implementations. And so a lot of times, if it's something that's been done by someone, uh, you know, when you're talking with Kentico, they may recommend a particular partner that would make sense based on having done those integrations before. Um, I've done a couple of integrations with, you know, third-party software, uh, different payment gateways for e-commerce, that kind of a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Hasn't been super difficult, but it is something that you need a developer for. And it's something that uh, is kind of a manual process to go through. But there are definitely some integrations that have been done. Sure, sure. What about from a design standpoint? Um, you know, I know that one of the things that people has made WordPress and some of the other CMSs more accessible to a broader base is kind of the pre-developed themes and look and feel that you can kind of plug into a site. Does Kentico have that type of um, environment or, you know, store that people can leverage or is it going to be out of the box or have to customize it? Yeah, it's, it's fully, um, a fully custom solution as far as the, the front end look and feel of the site. So, I mean, they, they have, um, I don't even think that there's a, a templating engine that they provide at all. As far as that goes, it's really kind of whatever you want it to be. 
Um, mm-hmm. but again, that's, I think that's offered just as, you know, full flexibility as far as, um, you can really, whatever you can dream up, you can, you can make, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, figuring it out and you could use all kinds of different, uh, frameworks and technologies and, you know, platforms as far as bringing stuff in. So if you're using like preprocessors for your CSS and, um, you know, different JavaScript frameworks, all that kind of stuff, it gives you full flexibility to choose what works best for you. Okay. So almost more like a headless solution to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's good to know. What, so from the variety of clients that you've worked with, what would you say are people that probably shouldn't have gone with this product that went with it and maybe regretted it later? So I, I, I think the, the big thing is going to just be the overall costs. I mean, the, the license itself, um, you know, there's a cost associated with that and, um, there's yearly maintenance that you have to to look at. And so um, I don't necessarily think that it is a bad solution for anyone because, because of the amount of flexibility that it has, but um, it definitely can be uh, overkill for certain people as far as all of the, the functionality that's packed into the, the product. Um, so I really think the only time where it, it's kind of like a questionable thing is if you have a small mom and pop type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like it would be cost prohibitive for, for them to look at it. But um other than that, you know, I have seen small clients that have used it for kind of, you know, brochure and, and very niche sites. And then um, obviously all the way up to enterprise level where they're using it for, uh, you know, expecting thousands of people to, to be visiting the sites daily and all that. So And have thousands and thousands of pages of content and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What about that content management kind of functionality in the system? Is it, re- is it robust? I mean, how how is that managed on the back end to allow teams to manage like different sections of a site or that kind of thing? So, I mean, it has all of the the features you would ever, uh, you know, imagine as far as a content management system goes. So the ability to, to create custom workflows and um, kind of go through that whole process and the ability to set when things publish and, and um, how long they're published for. And so when they unpublish all of that kind of stuff. And so, uh, and then also, you know, you can set up multiple different environments with Kentico and be able to move content over from one environment to the next. So you can have your staging environment where you have content staging right. on it and then move it to production when it's ready to go. Um, and it can go through the workflows at that point and, and, you know, send emails to certain people to approve it and whatever you need to do. So it's, it's definitely a robust, robust option. Um, it, you know, and then from there, like I said, when you have a developer there, that's able to kind of go through and, and customize it how you need to the possibilities are endless as far as whatever you would need to do. Right. So plan on having a decent budget plan on having a either relatively knowledgeable internal dev team and, or an agency on retainer to help you manage and maintain it over the course of the year. So, which is not dissimilar from larger e-commerce systems or larger enterprise, you know, CMSs of, of, like you mentioned, Sitecore and, and some of the other larger ones that, that you run into. Yeah. The, the, the nice thing is, is, um, they recently have kind of moved along to, so, uh, in, in older versions of Kensco, they had what was called portal engine and there was a lot of pre-built components and, um, and it, it was nice in some regards because the components were already there, but a lot of times you ended up taking a component and having to customize it anyways. So um, they they recently moved over to uh, you know .NET Core and MVC versions, and 
So that actually is kind of nice in in a couple of ways. First of all, um, they did away with a lot of the pre-built stuff, which you would think would be a bad thing, but now you have again full control over. You know, you have a dev team that can can build out. Uh, you know, your very simple components that are very reusable. You know, they call them widgets in Kensco. Um, and so you can build out all these widgets that that do whatever you need it to do, uh, you know, as custom as you need it to be. Um, and then the nice thing is that you can find a, a .NET Core developer, which is a lot more readily available than someone who is intimately aware of what Portal Engine is and what goes into it and the customizations that are involved. Um, so you can hire someone who's a, a .NET Core d- developer or an MVC developer, and they'll at least be able to kind of jump right in and, and work on the project uh, without necessarily having any of that intimate knowledge of Kentico and kind of learn as they go with how the API works for Kentico and be able to customize it. Right. Now, from a hosting perspective, this is a self-hosted tool, right? It's not, it doesn't exist in in the cloud or as a black box or am I uh, wrong? There? Actually, no. So they, so they do have, they have a self-hosted version that you can purchase, uh, mm-hmm. but there's also uh, you know, a hosted version, the subscription plan that you can get through, okay. uh, through Kentco directly. And then, um, if you do the, the self-hosted version, you can also put it on, on the cloud, on Azure, on AWS, whatever makes the most sense. Right. Right. But you're, you're having to manage that server backend. Right. Yeah. It's not black box. Right. Yeah. Um, so talk to me, one of the, like I said, mentioned earlier, one of the things that, you know, obviously WordPress and some of the other platforms are susceptible to is hacking and um dns attacks and stuff like that um what what does kentico offer from a security standpoint well i mean as far as keeping up to date um you know the fact that they're frequently releasing hot fixes you you can always rest assured that they have the latest and greatest and and most up-to-date um of everything i uh, recently was working with a client that uh, was having issues with some of their forms where they were getting a lot of spam and um, one of the one of the newer hot fixes that they just released included the latest version of Google Capture, which um, right. actually was able to fix the issue that they were having. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely nice in that regard. And then um, all of the functionality that's offered through Azure, um, I mean, they have everything, anything you could ever expect as far as security is concerned and being able to lock down your application as needed. Um, I mean, there's integrations with um, Active Directory through Azure. So, I mean, you can have single sign on where somebody is signing on and using their same Microsoft credentials and it will also work in Kentico. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's super robust as far as that's concerned as well. What other, so if you had to compare this, like obviously SiteCore is in a kind of a similar space, what other content management systems are kind of in this realm from your perspective? Um, so it seems like, I mean, there were, there were a couple that I feel like that were, fairly relevant uh, a few years back that yeah. um, you know may may or may not even be around anymore so like episerver was one of them yeah. um sitefinity was another one uh i feel like now though kentico is kind of going up against sitecore uh sitecore is still a little bit more you know higher uh the cost is is definitely a lot higher than than kentico is but um sure. as far as the functionality and um you know the the amount of knowledge that a dev needs as far as getting into a project and stuff like that, it's, it, I feel like it's a little bit more similar. Sure. If you had a wish list of things that Kentico is not doing today that 
would make your life and the companies you work with a lot easier? What are what are some of the things that you'd like to see it develop? So uh, I think as an overarching, I mean, the, their their documentation is is kind of um, hands down one of the the better sets of documentation that I've seen, surprisingly. Sure. Um, and I just think that there can be a little bit more as far as just overall training goes. I, I think that's something that that I have kind of taken on um, as a consultant, where I, I like to uh, work with the end users and kind of train them in their own systems. And I think, so I think there's definitely some room for, for improvement there as far as the terms sure. that they offer, uh, to their end clients. Um, I mean, as far as features and functionality goes, it, it really kind of has everything you would ever need. It's, uh, there's a clear, you know, defined roadmap as far as where they're trying to go with things. Um, so I, I'm interested to see what they, they come up with as far as new features that are available just because there's already so much packed into there. Right. Right. And just to give people a sense, I mean, obviously you don't work for Kentico, you're not involved with the licensing and stuff. Um, can you give people a sense of what the typical cost is? I mean, I, I don't know how they base their pricing. I know like some base it on like, you know, hits and CP usage and CPU usage and stuff like that. I know that in some packages you can just get an outright license for it. Um, but I don't know what the, what, what does that look like now? So they, they had a, um, a perpetual license model previously where you could just buy a, a license outright. I think they recently switched over to a subscription based model. So I'm not super familiar with how the subscription model works exactly, but I think, um, if you were still looking at, um, assuming that they still offer the perpetual license, I want to say it starts around $10,000 for the license. Um, and then there's yearly maintenance contracts as far as keeping up to date and being able to get the newer hot fixes as they come out and, and stuff like that. So there's definitely costs associated with with that part of it as well. And then you're still looking at um, you know figuring out hosting and then any kind of dev needs that you would need. So I mean it, it I would I would venture to guess that uh, on a small end a project would still probably run you about fifty thousand um, dollars mm-hmm. and then on up depending on what you were trying to accomplish. Right. And now if they come out with a new version, you still would have to upgrade to that version and then pay right again, or so. So like I said, with the new subscription model, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it includes obviously any um, newer versions that come out. And so they'll just include the hot fixes. And so you'll be able to just update it as needed. And and that's mostly if you had like an on-prem and you were, you were hosting yourself, you'd have to go through the process of upgrading it. If it's the um, version where Kentico is actually hosting it, they're going to apply those hot fixes, uh, you know, as needed on the server side. And so you don't necessarily have to worry about it as much. Right. Now, I know one of the first questions we get from a lot of our clients is they're like, but what about the SEO? And, you know, with a lot of the out of the box kind of free um, packages, you know, they have plugins and tools and all that kind of stuff you can add. I would imagine for something like this, though, it's a hands-on kind of manual approach, right? You need to get your devs involved. You need to make sure that things are coded correctly from the, from the get, from the get go. Yeah. Um, I mean, de- definitely that, that is part of it. Um, you know, is kind of identifying that early on when you're, when you're creating the widgets and writing the code and making sure that you're accounting for all of that. Um, there is, you know, definitely functionality built into Kensco as far as SEO is concerned. So, I mean, um, you know, things like being able to, uh, add your Google analytics tracking codes and, um, even some of the, like, the site title and the keywords and all of that. There's fields for that that are built in and, and you can expose those and, and access those fairly easily in mm-hmm. the code. Um, so, I mean, the, the, it's definitely still 
SEO friendly and, and aware of what's out there. Um, but it's, it's also something where when you're building out the project and looking at um, setting up the widgets and all that, you want to make sure that the code that's written is written in an SEO friendly way as well. Sure. What are your tips for people that are thinking about starting a project like this and, you know, what should they, where are some of the things that maybe companies aren't preparing enough for it or planning enough that you kind of walk into and you're like, boy, this is a mess. Like, is there stuff that they should prepare for a big enterprise tool like this? Um, I, I think one of the the big things that I've seen a lot recently is um, accessibility. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely um, some functionality built in again, as far as, uh, you know, being accessible. But uh, I think, I see a lot of projects where that's the one thing that's kind of overlooked. I mean, SEO is definitely important and uh, from a marketing standpoint and everything, but you don't necessarily always think about um, people that have disabilities using your site. And um, so I think that's definitely something to be cognizant of when you're, when you're building things out. Yeah, no, that's hugely important. We actually um, have a study that we did on our website for the multifamily industry where we looked at about 500 plus websites um, and did a scan of just the homepage. And it was over 99% of the sites had something that could potentially put them at risk for a lawsuit. Um, yeah, it, there's it's, it, it's becoming super common to to have those lawsuits that just pop up as soon as you know, sites launch that you, they're looking for them. So yeah, especially for companies that are enterprise size, they know they have a big budget and they know that if they get a letter, they're probably going to settle and they're, you know, it's, it's a rather sizable expense. Um, and you know, not only the risk of lawsuits, but you want your site to be as accessible to as many people as possible. And following some of those best practices are obviously going to get, make it usable by a lot more people. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I didn't realize until I recently went through an audit, and um, it is super frustrating to try to navigate through a site if you're using, you know, a keyboard or a screen reader or something like that. Um, you don't think about those because you never have to readily do that. But uh, you know, put yourself into that place, and and it is actually really irritating to to try to make your way through certain sites and whatever, and you you can't even navigate through. So, yeah, absolutely, and I think that's a great point. Um, and if you're a larger company, it definitely puts you at risk. I mean, there's, um, you know, a lot of the SEO best practices are actually usability best practices too, but it doesn't cover everything. And there's obviously, you know, the whole being able to tab index through things and use forms and, you know, all that kind of stuff is, is extremely important. Um, what else do you think that, um, so accessibility, is there stuff that you, continually see people just not be prepared for when they're starting a project like this? Um, I mean, as you're looking through and, and planning for the project, a lot of times there's API integrations and, and I feel like, um, you know, you can plan as much as you want for it, but until you actually are getting into it, you know, yeah. it, it kind of comes back to bite you. And so, um, you know, as much as you can do as far as uh, pre-planning for that and, and understanding your integration points are going to be and how things are going to function and, you know, starting the process of co- contacting those, those third parties that you're going to be doing the API integrations with all that. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a huge concern. And then discovering that they charge for those API integrations yes. and yeah. So, and it's, you, it's can be pretty sizable too. Yeah. We've run into that a number of times where people are like, well, you just plug in their data and it's like, yeah, and they're going to charge you for it. That's yeah. Um, all right. Well, any other, like 
tips and tricks that you could think of for people that are looking at Kentico or other content management systems, that words of wisdom that you would have for them? Um, I mean, I, I feel like the big thing is, is if you're considering Kentico, um, definitely reach out to them. They are a great organization. Um, they're super happy to get on a phone call with you, discuss the product. Um, I mean, you can definitely call me and, and I'm you know happy to as well, but uh, they know the ins and outs of everything about their product and um, can talk through it and understand how it's going to work with your project and, you know, what the cost would be and, and all the implications with it. So um, don't hesitate to reach out to them and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll do whatever they can to, uh, to understand what works best for you. Sure. Sure. And for everybody watching and or listening, we will make sure that Mike's contact information is in the description. So if you want to reach out to him and, uh, if you're thinking about Kentico or kind of comparing content management systems, he's done a lot of work in the area, has a lot of experience, so he can help you in that journey. And um, I can say firsthand, Mike is very pleasant to work with. We've worked with Mike for a number of years now on on other projects using Kentico um, uh, that he's made it less painful than they would be without. <laughs> Mike, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, we will have your contact information um, in our notes and descriptions. And uh, good luck with the, your upcoming projects. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon as more things happen in the content management world. And I always love to get your opinion on that. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Great. Thank you. See you later.